Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago and Des Plaines, Illinois, to be exact. For the next hour, I will be with you here talking all things betting from NBA to college basketball and some hockey. And speaking of hockey, one of our favorite hockey guests will be joining us in about a half hour. Nick Alberga will be breaking down the NHL slate tonight. That's going to be in 30 minutes. But before Nick, like I said, we'll talk some college hoops with our guy Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds On right here on Visa. We'll see what some of his top plays consist of collegiately on the hardwood this evening. Same drill as always, end of the show, Danny's Dimes, a couple of plays I've got. Believe it or not, one in college basketball, trying to extend it to 2-0. That's right, we've only done one play in college basketball, so try to keep that perfect record tonight. And then I got a play in hockey, which we will go through in 45 minutes. I do want to begin like I did yesterday and like I teased yesterday, talking about some of these NBA futures. Now, finally... The season will be back on track starting tomorrow, but I figure it's the best time really to focus in with no games going on these past couple of days for these NBA's futures markets. And I believe one of the best areas you can attack, aside from the player awards, which we caked on last season with two 20-to-1s most improved and coach of the year, because those awards right now are kind of, there's not too much parity between them except for the MVP, I'd say. And we've spent plenty of time talking about that. But the adjusted win totals at this point in the season and the odds to make the playoffs like we, like we talked about last evening are very interesting to myself. And I wanted to talk about an adjusted win total tonight. So if you look around, a lot of these books have them posted. And for the Chicago Bulls, yes. Oh, Danny, shut up already. You always talk about the Bulls. But, I mean, look, it's the team around here. It's a team I got to read on, my favorite squad. And we've been doing fairly well with our bets around them. And we're about to cash in on our preseason win total over 41 and a half with the Bulls. But maybe why not take a glance at their adjusted win total of 49 and a half. Minus 110 each way is pretty much the odds we are seeing consensus-wise. Some books have it at 50 and a half, but most of them seeming to have it at 49 and the hook. Looking at this Bulls record right now, 38 and 21 is where they're posted at. They have 23 games remaining. So they have to get 12 dubs to get over 49 and a half. Do you think that that is plausible and something you would put your money on to trust this Bulls team to do? 
people. Before we get into their schedule, let's just think about this for a second. They're at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. They have far and away exceeded expectations, and they have done that all without a consistent, healthy roster. I know you've heard me say it plenty of times here on this show in the Chicago CityCast, if you're a listener there, but Lonzo Ball's been absent for quite some time. Alex Caruso has been absent in big stretches two times. Derek Jones Jr., not even playing fully healthy, but he was out for a while, finally came back. And aside from that, Zach Levine, we got very scared for a moment that he was maybe not going to return this season. But luckily, he was able to play in the All-Star game and will be back in the mix. But at the very beginning of the season, you lost your second-year guy with a lot of talent and a lot of hope you have for him in Patrick Williams. So there's been a lot of absentees for this Bulls squad, yet they still have somehow managed to remain at the top of the Eastern Conference in a conference that's tougher than the Western Conference. You've got the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. You got the Philadelphia 76ers, the Nets. You got the Heat looking great, and you got the Celtics even turning things around, and a team like Cleveland, a young and upcoming team such as Chicago, that is looking even more tougher as we progress throughout this season. So again, I say don't discredit this Bulls team. And I still have the same thoughts on them for their entirety of the postseason. I still think their ceiling is at best reaching the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's not what we're focused in on here. We're looking at their win total of 49 and a half. A lot of times with the team, especially like the Bulls, and I'm not going to say that they care and nobody else does because everybody wants to vie for that number one seed. But for example, when we're looking at those odds to win the Central, we considered, well, maybe the Bucks don't need to try to get that number one seed as much. They have all the moxie. They have the confidence because they're coming off as reigning champs. And there's always the adage about the championship hangover. They don't need it or want it as desperately. They're not out there to prove as much as they would if they didn't have that championship ring. But the Bulls on the other side know they can take and want to take any advantage to help their cause, which would be trying, of course, to get the best record they can. I know every team wants to do that. But the point being is that we have not seen the full force of this Bulls squad, yet they still are remaining at top, at the top of the Eastern Conference. So can you imagine what it's going to be in terms of the W column for the rest of the regular season once they get those guys back? Caruso should be coming back soon. Hopefully Lonzo's next. And then Patrick Williams can get some reps in the regular season. So the reinforcements should be coming soon. But let's look at the schedule. Again, they have 23 games remaining. Can they at least get 12 wins out of those 23 games? Breaking down the schedule, kind of like we do when we're handicapping NFL season win totals, I broke it down into winnable games, toss-up games, and losable games. So to begin with the winnable games, it's going to be the game tomorrow versus Atlanta at home, folks. And look, the Hawks are a solid squad. Don't get me wrong. Of course, they've really faltered from expectations that were set in the preseason. But nevertheless, the Bulls at home as a short favorite will probably be ending up betting it tomorrow. But I think the Bulls get the job done with Levine back in the mix after a nice hiatus. So I think the Bulls win that game. You move along, you go to about uh, March 9th. You're on the road against Detroit. Again, when I separate these, these are games that I think they can absolutely win. Obviously, toss-ups are 50-50. And losable games would be more so that I would lean that, hey, if they win, it's a big surprise. If they lose, not shocked whatsoever. So then at Detroit's another win. At Sacramento, if you go down to March 14th, I think is a game they can absolutely have the advantage you get Toronto at home a little bit further down the line. You're on the road against the Pelicans, a team that's obviously in a weird state right now with the whole Zion Williamson debacle occurring. Uh, on the road against the Knicks, a team that you've already played a few times. It's been close, but you've managed to get a couple of dubs. On the road against the Wizards, a banged-up team, so to speak. 
Then you get the Clippers at home, another banged-up team, and a team that I really just don't think is that tough. Then you get Boston at home, at meaning at the UC. Boston, again, a team that's kind of getting some momentum here, but you're not seeing Boston until April 6th. Who knows what it's going to be like at that point. Bulls could be fully healthy. And again, I'm just not that high in the Celtics. Wasn't coming into the season. Still am not that high in them as of this moment. And then he gets Charlotte after that in April. You're better than the Hornets. You just beat them on the road with a depleted team. Assuming you're healthy at that point, should be able to take care of business in Chicago against Charlotte. Toss-up games. What are the 50-50 games? Well, the second game, meaning not Atlanta coming up, but the game after that post-All-Star break, you're going to be hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. Tough squad? Absolutely. They beat you pretty bad the first time on MLK Day, but you had virtually nobody except DeRozan playing in that game. So I could see the Bulls bouncing back there. But at the same time, Memphis is solid enough that they could beat you on your home floor. So it's a 50-50. You're playing Atlanta, pretty quick turnaround, relatively speaking, from when you're playing them compared to tomorrow. And it's on the road. Bulls don't have the best home and road splits, so that's why it's 50-50. Milwaukee, you get at home. It's the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, but it's a revenge game from when Grayson Allen uh, knocked down Alex Caruso with the dirty hit. So the UC is going to be rowdy. The players are going to be ready to go. So it's still the Bucs. It's 50-50. Cleveland at home. Cleveland solid squad. Miami at home. Miami's got a really good team. You haven't been able to overcome them. 50-50, though, having them at home. Then you get Milwaukee at home again. And at the very end of the year, you're on the road against Minnesota, who also has a fairly talented young squad. Losable games. You're probably going to lose at Miami. You're going to lose at Philly, a team you cannot overcome, and especially if James Harden is playing. You're going to lose at Utah. You're probably going to lose to the Suns in Phoenix and then at Milwaukee once, and Cleveland will probably get a dub from you as they're hosting you later this season. But going all throughout this, and I spent a lot more time dissecting this on the CityCats if you want to get further analysis going game by game more so, but the conclusion that I have looking at this and, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic, but, again, I just don't think the Bulls are getting the respect they deserve, at least for this regular season. I'm not saying they're a championship team. I'm just saying when you're looking at this win total and when people fail to mention that they're a top competitor in the Eastern Conference, I'm a little bit bullish on them. Pun intended. Bullish on the Bulls. Yeah, hilarious, right? But I have them at 14-9 or 15-8, right around there, give or take a win or two. So that puts them at about 52-53 to 53 wins in my estimation. So even if I am being a little bit generous on this Bulls team with their win total and where I think they end up, I still have about a two to three win cushion based on the number of 49 and a half for them to get over that mark. This team is going to be getting healthier. They're going to be playing like the top team in the Eastern Conference because they can do that when it's not a seven-game series. We don't know how they're going to play in a seven-game series, but on a game-to-game -game basis, seeing what they did when they were healthy for a brief period of time, and what they've done with this depleted roster, you can only imagine how much better they're going to get when they get all of their top guys back in the mix. And they've heard all the criticism about not being able to compete with top teams. You don't think they're going to be incentivized to compete with the likes of the Bucks, the Cavs, the Heat, the Sixers? They want the revenge in those spots, and I think they can get it. Now, really quick, you could be a little patient here because they have a tough six-game stretch out of the gate. Atlanta, Memphis, Miami, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Philadelphia – so if you don't want to take it now, maybe if you wait after six of these games, you could get better value. But something to keep in mind is Bulls adjusted win total over 49 and a half. But maybe if we have a little bit of patience, wait six games, could get a better number if things don't go the Bulls way. 
I took a little piece of it over 49 and a half, but we will definitely revisit that after that six game stretch. All right, if you want more NBA content, as we always try to get you to do, check out the Hardwood Handicappers, folks. I'm telling you, it's some of the best analysts from JBT who looks at all the angles for the games to determine who's playing, what kind of situation a team is in, and every other aspect of the matchups. There are a ton of great opportunities betting the NBA during the regular season. It's a great league with the best athletes on the planet, and JBT can help you make money on it. So check it out at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, you can catch up on every other VEASAN show as well. All right, coming up next, we're keeping it in the conversation of basketball, but let's go collegiately with co-host of Odds On here on VEASAN. That's Amal Shaw, his top college hoops plays. Coming up next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you have these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and to get hooked up several episodes a week, great local sports betting content. 
Welcome back to Rush Hour here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dandy Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Windy City. And joining us out on the West Coast in Sin City, it's Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds On, right here on Beeson throughout the week with Mike Palm. And they do great work handicapping pretty much every sport, and especially college basketball. It's getting to the most exciting time of the year, so we got to talk with our guy, Amal, who you can follow on Twitter, at AmalShaw1. Now, Amal, we got a very long slate to get through and a couple of top games that I know made your list, beginning with Xavier and Providence tonight. This game going to be tipping off in about 45 minutes or so. We see Providence as a small home favorite, laying two. Money line minus a buck 32, total at 136 and a half. What did you like for this game? I like uh, Providence in this one, Danny. At home at the Dunkin' Donuts, uh, the singular loss this year was against uh, Villanova in a tough, hard-fought match, similar to what we saw last night at the Excel Center between UConn and Villanova. Uh, the one concern here in this game is Al Durham's injury. Game-time decision, probably not going to play for the uh, Providence Friars in this game, but this PC team has done great work in close games, and I think that should help immensely. And Xavier, to me, Danny, I think the odds makers have done something that I'm guilty of all the time. You take a certain team and you think they're either better than they are, or you think they're worse than they are. And I think Xavier gets credit for being better than they really are. They've struggled a lot of games this year where I thought they could have been much better. They haven't shown it. So I I think it's going to be a tough one for them going on the road. I like the Friars at home lane too. Now, Amal, uh, I, I have this conversation a lot when it comes to basketball and even sometimes football, but do you find yourself more so just betting the spread, even if it's a short spread, or will you look to laying the price with the money line so you have that added security? Because sometimes I like to do that just so you don't get hosed on the craziness that happens at the end of the games. But are you not too concerned with that and just end up laying the spread? Well, it depends on the situation. If I'm making a hefty bet, then I'll go money line. But the reason I'm doing that is because an end game, let's say, for example, I took Providence on the money line minus 140, and um, and then you see they're up, say, 11, 12 points uh, late first half. I would probably then take, uh, you know, Xavier on the money line for about a third of the bet at plus 400 or something like that, depending on the situation. So really contingent uh, on what I'm looking to do and based on how much I'm wagering on the game. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just always curious and picking people's brains, which one they kind of tend to gravitate toward. I think you're right. I mean, if you're really going all in on it, then probably want that added security. But that's a sound strategy as well. I mean, getting some good uh, hedging on the other side, if you could get good enough value to, at worst case scenario, get some of your money back. So I kind of like that way of going about it. Uh, Amal, another game that I know you've been keying in on for this evening. How about South Alabama in Texas State? We see South Alabama as a home favorite, but they're laying three. Money line about 160 or so, and the total at 131 in the hook. Which side did you like for this game? Uh, you know, to me, when you look at this game, I like USA. I, I think they're a more complete team. The way they defend, they're tremendous. I think that's the one thing that makes a huge difference. And so for me, I think they'll get it done against Texas State in this particular matchup. Now, Amal, a game that I'm sure a lot of people will have their eyes focused on is going to consist and typically does of Duke and Virginia. Now, Duke here is a five and a half point road favorite. Total a shorter one at 130. 
Now, as I've said plenty of times, I was telling you off air, I really don't get too enthralled with college hoops until right about this point after football season and you get a small break with the All-Star game in the NBA. But tell me a little bit about Duke here, of course, in this spot against Virginia. But even further than that, what do you think is this team's ceiling come March? Uh, Who did you say, Danny? I'm sorry I didn't hear the beginning. Uh, Duke and Virginia. So Duke, we see five and a half tonight. Just how far you think they can take it this year? Well, look, they they got a chance if things break properly to be able to be a national champion. I mean, they got immense talent. The question is, can they put it together consistently? The problem is the ACC has been weak. They haven't played consistently well. Um, It's shocking to me that they don't have the ability to really put consistent games together. You know, you look at the game against Wake Forest, they blow a huge lead. The game against Virginia, which they lose, um, they've got to do a much better job than they have throughout the course of the year at times. Yeah, and I mean, this. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Coach K with his send-off, maybe that's going to have some more motivation to it, but you're right. I mean, if they, things fall their way, from what I've seen, too, I mean, this team has enough talent to get them there. We'll just see if they can get it going consistently when it matters most. Uh, Amal, looking even a little bit further, well, I guess actually this game's starting about 40 minutes, but this one could be a fun matchup, and that's Iowa State and West Virginia. Now, the Cyclones laying five at home in this spot, total at about 132.5. The number to me seems about right, but is there anything you would attack based on the pre-flop line? Uh, no, I, I'm with you. I think this number is right where it should be. Don't really have any interest in, in this game either way. And when you look at a team like Iowa State, to them all, I mean, we talk about how far a squad can go. Is there any trust in this team making some sort of run or just having value when it comes to tournament season, both with conference and if they can get beyond that? Well, I don't think they're getting beyond that. I think, uh, you know, to me, you said Iowa State, right? Or Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, I, I don't think the Cyclones are an NCAA tournament team. I think they're in a little bit of trouble. You look at some of the losses that they've had along the way, some good opportunities to win games, particularly Kansas State blowing a lead. You got to beat KU at home. I know Kansas is obviously an upper echelon team, but if you want to have a chance to make the tournament, you got to be able to win games like that. They got blown out last time in Morgantown against the Mountaineers. So to me, um, you know, West, excuse me, Iowa State's opportunities kind of come and gone. They'd have to win the Big 12 tournament to get in. All right, Amal, let's transition over to the Big Ten. The talk of the town, of course, has been Michigan and Wisconsin and Juwan Howard and the incident that occurred this past weekend. And I think it's really fascinating to see how both teams respond. But beginning with Michigan for tonight, they get the host of Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. And Michigan's lane for the hook. And I would think it would be a good opportunity to bet them all based on that kind of fallen star theory, you know, losing Juwan Howard and a good response in front of your home crowd. But they're also missing some key personnel in terms of their players. And that's what kind of scares me a little bit in this game. Does that make you hesitant trusting Michigan here? Do you think despite it, you would go with the Wolverines? No, I still think the Wolverines win the game. I think this team is good enough. And the one thing, Danny, outside of the win against Wisconsin, Rutgers has been inconsistent on t- at times on the road, and now that's what concerns me a little bit. Michigan is a different team at home compared to being on the road. We've seen them struggle in certain road spots. Uh, I, I do think, remember against Wisconsin, they absolutely got to work Michigan State. They did have a good road win uh, against uh, Iowa, I believe it was, but to me, I, I don't believe in Rutgers away from the rack. Yeah, I'm kind of with you here, too. I think Michigan gets the job done. Might be more of a wait-and-see for a better number type of thing for betting Michigan, but I do think they get the job done despite missing some of their guys. 
Uh, final Big Ten game looking at tonight, Amal, before we let you go, you and I were talking a little bit about it off air. Wisconsin and Minnesota, the Badgers, a five-point favorite on the road. They beat Minnesota earlier this year, 66-60. to You think they can handle business again tonight? Yeah, I do. Uh, not uh, my type of favorite type of number, um, simply because you're on the road, you're laying five and a half, but I think they got a great chance to be able to cover this one. I would take Wisconsin before I lay it with Minnesota. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. Again, a team that maybe has a positive response based on what happened this past week, and even more so, you get a favorable matchup against the Gophers. Malshaw, folks, Adam Malshaw, one where you can follow him on Twitter, co-host of Odds On, Monday through Friday with Mike Palm right here on VEASAN. Amal, best of luck with all your plays, my friend, and thank you, as always, for making some time. Thanks. You got it. Amal Shaw, folks. Uh, look, he had some good points about these games tonight. Xavier Providence, one that he was really favoring, liking Providence here at home, minus two. And that game going to be tipping off relatively soon. So if you want to jump in, better do it sooner rather than later. And I'm actually very interested in those Rutgers, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Big Ten matchups tonight. And I'm smiling kind of because, again, as I've said a lot of times on the show, not the biggest college basketball handicapper. Try to get into it at this point in the season. And because of what happened this past weekend, I think it makes it all the more interesting. And we were even talking about it with Scott Spritzer last night when he was handicapping college basketball. I said, Scott, how do you think Michigan responds against Rutgers tomorrow night? And the early line was about five and a half. And he's like, you know what? I do think Michigan responds appropriately. He didn't do anything at that time. And the market's actually gone against Michigan. And you're missing your big guy through the Wolverines, which should make a pretty big dent at some point in this game. So that's why, at least for me, for that Big Ten game with Michigan and Rutgers, I think you're probably going to have an opportunity to get a better number. So at four and a half, not in love with it per se, but I'm going to have some patience for that matchup in Ann Arbor and wait to attack Michigan because I do think they get the job done. It's just a matter of by how much. So that's why I'm going to go in-game with Michigan. And I'll expand more on that Wisconsin and Minnesota game a little bit later. But coming up next, Nick Alberga joins us talking some puck. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your own schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get coast-to-coast -coast hoops with Greg Hoops Peterson, who looks at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There's also Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or the Market Insights podcast with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got the Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, and many, many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into it. The show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live here just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, the Bet River Sportsbook. And up north we take it now 
to the great white north, I guess you could say, with Canada, our guy Nick Alberga. Uh, my producer was saying before, you, you shaved the beard apparently despite it being the great white north up there, my man. I still kind of got mine going because it's freezing here in Chicago. My car was stuck in the ice today, so I was, uh, you know, scrambling trying to get that going. <laughs> but look, the good thing about having the cold weather, Nick, of course, is we get to bet on some hockey. So uh, again, you and I were kind of, Josh, not the prettiest slate, but we were able to carve out some betting opportunities tonight. So I want to begin with the Jets and the Stars this evening, my man. About 6.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop. Dallas minus a buck 48 at home. Winnipeg plus 125. Total at six. Nick, when I was looking at this game, I kind of figured Dallas would be the right spot. But correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of a situationally tough spot for Dallas here, yeah? It is, uh, but I think there's going to be a level of desperation, Danny, I would say, from both sides. I think four points separating the two teams in the standings. Uh, I think, you know, important to note, Dallas is a really, really good home team. Uh, They're 17-7-1 at home. Again, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be desperate. I'm still leaning towards the Dallas Stars in this game, but if you want a long shot look tonight, how about this one going to extra time? So, you know, plus 270 for a regulation tie into overtime. I think both teams are going to find a way to get a point, but I like Dallas ultimately in this game. The Jets are really, really banged up. And again, the Stars are really, really good on home ice. And I'll give you a prop as well, just to add. Uh, Joe Pavelski over two and a half shots. That's hit in eight of the last 11 games. Wow. Awesome. Well, it's, I'm kind of actually still just focused in on this game going into overtime too, Nick, because it's funny. <laughs> When I'm looking at these three-way bets, I'm always just going whichever team I think is going to win in regulation, but I've actually never even really gone into the depths of betting one to go into overtime, and you talk about value, I mean, plus 330 for that to be the case. How often do you find yourself making those type of bets, and over the long run, is it profitable for you? I would say later in the season, um, you know, I think I pick my spots, certainly, and I think it depends on the opponents where they're at in the schedule. Uh, you know, the reason why I say later in the season, because there's more to play for, right? And teams vying and jockeying for playoff positioning. I talked about desperation, Winnipeg coming off a really, really difficult loss to Calgary, Dallas coming off a tough loss to the lowly Arizona Coyotes. So I think the desperation level is going to be there from both sides. But it just seems like there's a knack every time two teams are facing each other who are fighting for playoff positioning. It's like, hey, we'll, we'll settle on one point and we'll go after it in OT in the shootout for the extra point. That's just the way I feel. I have a beat on this one for some reason. Hopefully I'm right. All right. I like it, my man. Let's talk about the Sabres and Canadians game next. And again, it's really not the most attractive, but I think there could be a viable betting opportunity here because you get a hot team with Montreal, which we have not seen them be consistent, at least in the W column this year. And they're the slight favorite here, minus 114 against the Sabres, who are about minus 103. Total at six. You think the Canadians can keep the streak going? I do. Uh, I hopped in at even money last night, actually, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. I just watched a lot of their hockey as of late. I know it was a bit turbulent to start under Martin St. Louis, but it's been a different story over the last three. And just look at the teams they're playing. I mean, they they completely dissected uh, the rival Toronto Maple Leafs the other night. They're feeling good. Their top line's buzzing right now, namely Cole Caulfield, like night and day from Dominic Ducharme to Marty St. Louis. Um, I would even look at the Cole Caulfield goal prop in this game, anytime goal at plus 200. He has five goals in six games under new head coach, the veteran, the legend, Hockey Hall of Famer, Martin St. Louis. So I'm shading towards the Montreal Canadiens in this game because I like the way they're playing. And Buffalo, well, I mean, they've had an up and down season so far. 
Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> but I'm with you here. Montreal. I'll <laughs> be nice. They were tough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Montreal, I mean, look, they've definitely struggled. But, I mean, if you could catch that hot hand with the switch-up personnel-wise with the head coach, we've seen it be a viable recipe in the NHL and seems to be doing pretty well for Montreal tonight. So we'll see if they can keep things rolling. Uh, Nick, let's talk about this next matchup where we get a big favorite here, Colorado, and they tend to be a big favorite. But they're on the road lane about minus 265 against Detroit, who's plus 210 as the home dog. Total at six and a half. Juice on the over about minus 118. Anything worth the play here? I mean, do you look toward Colorado with the puck line at even money, or can the Red Wings maybe make this thing close? Because no McKinnon tonight, correct? Yeah, that, that's the big story. Uh, no Nathan McKinnon in the lineup for Colorado, and I just think it's a chalky game to begin with, uh, you know, especially the fact that Colorado's coming off a tough afternoon in Boston. I mean, theory would suggest that they're going to be hungry and motivated, but in, in history, as we know, Detroit's played this team tough. It's very similar to the Leafs and Habs. Every time they play together, it seems to be a, a you know, a, a closest type game where the underdog ends up winning, which we saw the other night against, uh, against the Maple Leafs. So, I think when you look at this one, there's a couple of things I'm certainly looking at. Like, I think Colorado in the long run will win this game. I know there's not much juice and value, but I'm probably looking at the money line, maybe even so in regulation, because you're trying to find the best value you can. The puck line is just tentative to take, again, because Colorado's such a, such a strong season. Uh, they're bound through, to, to go through a, a tough stretch, not to mention you mentioned Nathan McKinnon not playing either. But I would look at the over in this game because Colorado scores goals, and I think Detroit will be right there with you. Uh, I look at Nazem Kadri, a point prop, a minus 256. I think he picks up at least one point. Somebody needs to step up without McKinnon. And a couple shot props, one with Kadri and one with Miko Rantanen. So there's a lot of value in that game. I just don't know if it's going to come via puck line. Now, speaking of this Avalanche team, Nick, I know when we have you on a lot of times, we talk about the Stanley Cup futures, and Colorado's been the short shot pretty much this whole season. They are right now plus 450, and I'm not telling anybody to not bet them. I mean, they're arguably the most talented roster out there on the ice, but would you agree that maybe Darcy Kemper's been underperforming a little bit and that just because how good his team is, they've been picking up the slack in the meantime? I mean, Car Kemper hasn't been bad by any means, but he just hasn't been as dominant per se. If you asked me this question two months ago, I would say 1,000%. And you follow me on Twitter. How often did I tweet out Marc-Andre Fleury to Colorado? Mm -hmm. uh, quite frankly, I think a lot has changed since the calendar has changed to 2022. I think Darcy Kemper has been tremendous, with exception of that game on Monday. I thought he was brilliant, by the way. Just Colorado didn't show up. It was a matinee affair in Boston. The Bruins always get up for those type of games. So you're allowed to give a team a mulligan who going into that game had, I think, three losses in regulation in like 30 games. I mean, they're going to lose a couple times sure. here and there. I think you you look back, Danny, and go back and look at Darcy Kemper's numbers. He, he's been outstanding. And I think this has been a prevailing story for the Avalanche the last little while as they've They've really solidified things in between the pipes. I know with when Pavel Francouz got healthy and returned to the lineup, uh, you know, there, there was a debate. I mean, who's the number one guy? But I think profoundly the guy is Darcy Kemper. And quite frankly, I don't think there's a goaltending controversy anymore in Colorado. You know, Kemper's been outstanding, but we know the Stanley Cup playoffs are a different ballgame. I'll say this. If he continues to play this way, I think the Avalanche are going to be a tough team to beat four out of seven come the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Nick, speaking of the Stanley Cup futures, I, we got about a minute or so left. Last time we were talking, I asked you about the Hurricanes because that was a team I was circling out. I took them 11-1. Now they're 10-1. Those boys on a little bit of a hot streak here. How are we feeling about the Hurricanes? 
Yeah, they're an awesome team, right? Like Anthony D'Angelo goes down. I think a guy to look at uh, when you're looking at shot props and point props is Jacob Slavin, who's likely to take over on PP1 there. There's a lot of depth. Uh, they're getting the goaltending. I think you want to look at some futures. Freddie Anderson for Vezina Trophy. Rod Brindamore for for Jack Adams and the coach of the year. So, yeah, I, I really like that, you know, value with, with, with Carolina. And you'll like this. My preseason favorites and pick to play in the Stanley Cup final was Colorado and Carolina. So how about that? Ooh. Let's go, baby. We can root for it, get a little <laughs> bit of a hedging opportunity, right? And that's why you may want to jump in on a team like Carolina now while there's still double-digit odds to win the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And still, I mean, we're waiting to see what moves could happen. You talk about Marc-Andre Fleury, Chicago team kind of in shambles, very frustrating for all of us here. So we don't know what's going to happen, but that's why we ask you the expert, Nick, and we could talk probably a couple hours more about it. But, unfortunately, we are up against it, my man. We'll have to look forward to it now. Next week but thank you as always for making some time yeah don't forget march 21st the nhl trade deadline thanks for having me next time you see me i'll probably have a fuller beard we'll say that <laughs> that's what i'm talking <laughs> about baby at the golden muzzy on twitter he talks about the trade deadline he's always tweeting someone make a trade something makes something happen he'll get you covered with all the content throughout hockey and all the latest news he's also fantasy hockey analyst at sportsnet and co-host of the nhl fantasy on ice podcast so at the golden muzzy on the tweets for more hockey info from our our guy Nick Alberga. Speaking of hockey, I've got one play on the ice coming up next throughout Danny's Dimes and a college basketball play. I will let you know what that is in our final segment on this Wednesday evening. It is Rush Hour. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. No more football, no problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. 
So don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials, or you could try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Okay, final segment. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can give me a follow at Danny Burke 5 or VEASAN at VEASAN Live. And since it is our final segment, you know how we conclude the show. It's time for my best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we are going on the hardwood with some college hoops, believe it or not. And then we're taking it back to the rink to give you a play for some hockey. But let's begin. Big Ten country, we are currently present in. And that's where we typically bet for college basketball. And I say typically as in one other bet. Although we did talk about that Nebraska game where they lost to, I can't remember who was against, maybe Rutgers or Maryland or whoever it was on Friday. Nebraska ended up losing. We had the strong lean. It was on it. Whatever. We're 1-0, looking to make it 2-0 for college basketball. All right. Let's talk Wisconsin and Minnesota for tonight. We teased this with the mall earlier in this program and he was leaning toward Wisconsin not in love with it but it would be pretty much the Badgers or nothing for our guy Amal now this line opened about four and a half and now you're seeing it at about five some shops have it five and a half the juice is on Wisconsin laying five at Bet Rivers minus 112 Wisconsin money line wise is minus 225 Minnesota plus 180 Total at 134. Again, this game going to be tipping off 8 p.m. Central Time. Minnesota, the home team. Wisconsin, the road favorite. So we know Wisconsin is coming off that debacle that was the Juwan Howard guard incident this past weekend. They did get the dub 77-63, to and they have won their last four out of five games. Now Minnesota into this matchup. They are coming off a win, but it was against Northwestern, 77-60. And as of late, they've lost their last three out of five games. We know Wisconsin, or excuse me, we know Minnesota, not really a tough team. They have had some okay moments, but overall, not really a fierce competitor throughout the conference as of this point. Now, these two teams have met already in Madison. Wisconsin took care of business, maybe not in the most comforting way, but they did win 66-60, to so they would have covered the spread that's applied right here at 5. Now, I'm looking toward the Badgers in this game with the spread at 5. I mean, Wisconsin not only is a far and away better team, they rebound a lot better than Minnesota does, but you got arguably one of the best players in the country, Johnny Davis, who comes in averaging 21 points per game over eight rebounds per contest. And against Minnesota in that first matchup, dropped 16 points and 15 rebounds. Now, if you've ever heard me complain about college basketball, I know I complain about a lot of things, but specifically with college basketball and even NBA in general, there's really two, team, two things that absolutely infuriate me about a team. The first is free throw shooting. You're getting easy buckets, right? Literally free throws, the charity stripe, all these names attributed for a reason. They are supposed to benefit you. It's the most frustrating thing in the world when these players cannot hit open buckets that are given to you because you earned it, right? You earned the chance to get to the free throw line. Take advantage of it, especially late down the stretch. Well, the thing about Wisconsin, they do that very well, right? They're made 100 or more free throw or 100 more free throws than their opponents so far this season. Great free throw shooting team. Fantastic. The other thing that really aggravates me when watching basketball, but especially college basketball, is careless and just unnecessary turnovers. 
doing things that result in you shooting yourself in the foot that in the end is not only going to screw you, but screws from the betting perspective, especially when you have a spread. It's somewhere about five, which it's at right now, or really any number that's more than three probably when it starts getting more than a bucket, right? But Wisconsin is first in the nation in fewest turnovers, which is eight and a half per game. So two of my favorite things are limiting the turnovers and having success from the charity stripe in Wisconsin is arguably the best team at both. I mean, not arguably for the turnovers, but the best, one of the best in both categories. And as I mentioned, I mean, Minnesota, obviously not in the same ranks in those categories. Now, furthermore, how is this team going to respond from this past weekend? We had that conversation with Scott Spritzer with Amal Shaw about Michigan, and they're taking on Rutgers, and they're going to be missing a key, couple of key pieces. But Wisconsin, well, they have a chance to say, all right, we're putting that noise behind us. Let's channel that energy and put it into this road game at Minnesota. No road game is ever easy, especially in the Big Ten Conference and especially at this point in the season. So they're going to be coming in ready and prepared to fight for this game. And what we also always like to consider when betting college basketball, I know Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, does it all the time. And that's our guy, Greg Hoops-Peterson, the college basketball guru. He handicaps every single college basketball game. So before I make any rash decisions, I like to reference where Greg has his numbers. So Greg's number for this game actually had Wisconsin as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, meaning with this line at five, Greg would be laying the points with the Badgers. So I agree with Greg based on everything I said, and seeing Greg's number definitely gives me more confidence in backing them. But overall, I just think it's a good spot here for Wisconsin, a favorable matchup. And the spread, you know, I don't love the idea of laying five. Usually I like to go with shorter spreads or taking the points when it's higher ones. But I think this number still is okay with Wisconsin. If it was at about six, I'd probably stay away. But five, I still think is a viable enough number to make some profit off of this Wisconsin team. And if you don't love it, hey, maybe wait for a better in-game number. But I feel comfortable enough laying five with the Badgers tonight. And that's what I'm rolling with. Wisconsin minus five on the road against Minnesota. So that's our college basketball play for tonight. Let's talk some hockey with our other best bet. Coming with the puck. And this is going to be the one game we actually did not discuss with Nick Alverga. But it's this Tampa Bay Lightning Edmonton Oilers game. And puck is going to be dropping in less than 10 minutes. So again, like I always say, get it in sooner rather than later. If you agree or if you want to fade, go the other way. But nevertheless, this game stuck out to me because I'm looking at it. And I'm going, man, Tampa Bay, you know, minus $2.00. I probably would have thought they'd be like minus 215, minus 220. But right now at Bet Rivers, the Lightning are laying two bucks. Totals at six and a half and shaded to the over, still minus 113. Puck line for Tampa Bay, plus 118. If you want to take the puck in the hook with Edmonton, it's minus 141. So look, the Oilers are one of those teams that has made a coaching switch as of late. Jay Woodcroft, he's taken over in the last six games. Edmonton's been hot. They're 5-1 and one those last six games since he has taken over. But they did lose in their most recent game against Minnesota 7-3. It wasn't a loss. It was a pretty sizable loss at that. But going through that span of games, while I'm not going to discredit anything that's happened since he's taken over the gig, I mean, it's consisted of the Islanders, San Jose Sharks, Los Angeles Kings, Anaheim Ducks, Winnipeg, and then Minnesota, who they lost to. Really not the uh, cream of the crop there, right? It's kind of the bottom-tier teams in the NHL. So if there's a new coach to take over, if he's going to have success, it's probably going to be against that stretch of the schedule. 
Now, Tampa Bay, looking at the opposing side, they've won their last two games, but the interesting tidbit is that they haven't played since last Tuesday. Are they going to be rusty? Are they going to be energized and ready to go? Something you have to ponder for this game and what you have had to ponder in a lot of similar situations during this hockey season and before this. But the last 10 games overall, we know how good Tampa Bay is. They're a solid team. In the last 10 games, they're 7-2-1, and one, getting about 3.7 goals during that span while only giving up 2.5 defensively, and they have a save percentage of over 91%. And a lot of that is because of the big man between the pipes, Andre Vasilevsky, who is continuing to be an absolute stud. Overall this season, 26-8-4, 2.3 goals against average and a save percentage of 92%. He's got two shutouts under his belt this year. And both of those shutouts have occurred at home where he is 14-4-3 with a 1.9 goals against average and a save percentage of 93%. Advantage between the pipes goes to Tampa Bay, as it usually does. Edmonton throwing out Mike Smith. The old bet is 5-5-1 this season. 3.61 goals against average. No bueno. Save percentage of 89.5% on the road. 1-2-1. 3.8 goals against average. Save percentage of 89%. So the line actually is kind of trending the other way toward Edmonton. And I understand why. Look, again, it could be the unknowing of how Tampa Bay responds after having eight days off, right? And Edmonton having the hot hand right here. So I get not wanting to lay over $2 with Tampa Bay at the same time. I mean, I'm not telling you to lay the puck and a half with Tampa Bay. I'm not in love with that on a consistent basis, and especially in a game where the market's moving against them. But I did lay minus 192 with the Lightning. And sometimes, like we like to talk about, I mean, it's worth to lay a high price in a sport like hockey if it's good situationally. And I think relatively, relatively, folks, you're getting a good price on this Tampa Bay team that otherwise, say if they played two nights ago and got a dub, they'd probably be a higher price. So I like Tampa Bay here. Again, I laid minus 192 against Edmonton. If you're not in love with laying a steep price, maybe wait in game. But I'm going minus 192 with the Lightning and then Wisconsin minus five versus Minnesota. Those are our dimes tonight. Thank you for tuning in and best of luck, folks. Take care. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.